Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group and the director at the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Roy Biancalana. He's a certified relationship coach and a nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships. And he's also the host of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. Roy is the author of best-selling books, latest of which is Relationship Bootcamp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy. And for the last 15 years, Roy has been supporting single people in the art of attracting healthy, sustainable, intimate relationships. And his experience has taught him that getting in relationship shape is the key to attracting lasting love. Welcome, Roy Biancalana. Good to be here. You pronounced that name so well, so we're off to a good start. Well, I appreciate your help with that. So, Roy, <laughs> what is it that led you to to get into this into this field of relationship coaching? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I never set out to be a relationship coach and and so forth. It sort of captivated me because of my own journey. <laughs> so, I've been through a divorce. I was married for like 19 years. And it was a very platonic relationship that didn't work for either one of us, I think. But I initiated the divorce. And, you know, instead of taking a little time to reflect and work on myself and maybe learn a few things from what happened, I I did what a lot of people do is I just rebounded into another relationship immediately. And, of course, it was the exact opposite. So it was a highly sexual relationship, which at the time was kind of fun. But I sort of brought my baggage with me. And so I ended up getting engaged to her. We were together two and a half years. And then she broke up with me about six months before the wedding. And that destroyed me. I I think that I had like a year-long midlife crisis where – I couldn't sleep well, I had heart palpitations, obsessive thinking, I became a lousy father that year, my career suffered, I was just a mess. And so I had had another chance to stop and reflect and maybe work on myself, and I didn't do it that time either. I just did the only thing I knew how to do to deal with my pain, and that is I just joined a bunch of dating sites to try to find a new woman to help me forget about the last one. Okay, so that... I thought I was emotionally available, but I really wasn't. I was sort of using these new women to help me forget about the last one. And you can imagine the drama now that I caused from all of that. So right about then, a friend made a radical suggestion. (laughs) He suggested, Roy, maybe you need to work with someone. Because (laughs) believe it or not, at that point, I thought that all my relationship problems were because I just hadn't met the right person yet. I mean, I was blaming the women. It really never occurred to me that maybe it was me. Maybe I had a blind spot. Maybe I was, you know, being affected by some of my childhood conditioning. Maybe I had what I call a relationship persona. So I ended up hiring a coach 
only because I was in so much pain, you know, but I did, I really didn't know what to do otherwise. But I started the process just wanting to complain to my coach about these crazy women that I've been with. And she stopped me right there and she said, Roy, I don't want to hear about the women. I want to know if you want to put a mirror up in front of your face and look at yourself. Are you willing to take responsibility? I know the women had issues. I'm sure they did. But are you willing to look at your part? Are you willing to look for things about yourself that you're not aware that you're doing that are responsible for attracting these dynamics and creating the drama that you've been in? And for whatever reason, I was. And the funny part was, she was right. It was me. She was. <laughs> There's one common like, denominator here. Let's that, see, what that's is it? Exactly the, <laughs> that, that's the phrase that I use. Like, I was the common denominator in every picture. And it doesn't mean that my exes, you know, didn't have any issues. It just meant that I was starting to learn my part. And I, I began to see my blind spots and how my mommy issues were affecting me and creating the dynamics. And so that was so powerful for me because I think within a couple of months after I finished my work with my coach, I met and fell in love with and dated and then married the woman that I've been with now for 14 years. And so I ended up in a great relationship because of the work that I did. And so early on because of that, I decided to become a coach because I wanted to do for other people what my coach did for me. I didn't end up in a great relationship because I was lucky or because the stars aligned or because, you know, the gods were nice to me or something. It was that I, I looked at certain things in my life and I, I, I asked myself certain questions. I, I did a certain process that I have seen is transferable. And so I tell my clients, if you do the same things I did and you look in the same places I looked, you can have the same results I have. And so I'm a coach now because I'm just like one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread. And I, I just want to show people kind of what I found and, and help them have the same kinds of discoveries so that they can end you know, the vicious cycle of breakups and hurt and pain and, and so forth. So that's why I'm a coach now to sort of pass along, you know, what I've experienced in my journey. You know, I really appreciate that because I think that, first of all, when people go through divorce or any kind of breakup, really, they are wondering so often, am I going to be alone forever? And and the question can result in, you know, one of two things. One is a lot of loneliness <laughs> because the worry is out there so much that the people focus on the worry or exactly the situation that you're describing for yourself, which is just rebounding from one relationship into another without taking right. stock in, in what you're doing, how you're participating, and then you just end up with just like maybe a younger model of the same relationship, but it's the same right. thing and the same frustration and, you know, you probably know this, but the divorce rates on second and third marriages are much greater, actually, than the divorce yep. rate on first marriages. Yep. And so people just sort of find themselves in a revolving door, and it's confusing and baffling and disorienting. And at the same time, mm -hmm. though, Roy, it's, it's hard to change. So what, mm -hmm. what can people do to make it so that it seems doable and not like climbing Mount Everest? Yeah, so it really starts with 
getting the firm conviction that I can learn things about myself that I don't know that can make all the difference in the world. And it, it, it doesn't have to take years. I worked with a coach for like two years, but I was pretty messed up. But I, I've seen my clients spend four months with me and they have so many aha moments and make so many shifts in the way they relate that, uh, you know, a year, year and a half later, I'm getting invited to people's weddings. Okay. So it really doesn't have to take that long, but they're, it's almost like you, you have to get to the point where just like an alcoholic, like you hit rock bottom, you're like, okay, I got a problem. I need help. And once you're there, you become teachable. You become coachable. It's like you're really willing to look because before you hit that point, you're still holding on to some aspect of blame and finger pointing. But once that happens, the, the work isn't that hard. I mean, one of the things that I stress with my clients is discovering what I call your relationship persona. Okay. So if I can take a minute to explain this, a persona yeah. is a fear driven way of being that we have learned from our childhood as a way to either feel secure or to satisfy our needs or to be successful at something. Like we, we grow up in environments where we quickly learn that the way to get attention and affection, the way to feel people's approval rather than rejection. If I'm this kind of little boy or that kind of little girl, then it goes better for me. But if I'm this kind of little boy or girl, then I get punished or I get ignored or I get rejected. We all want to feel love and get attention and feel approval. And we just, we sort of figure out what kind of little boy or girl do I need to be? Okay. But, but that distances us perhaps from our authentic selves. And this happens in every family, not, not, not like the weirdly dis dysfunctional families. This is like normal families where you learn a way of being. And so in my case, what I learned as a little boy who wanted to be close to his mother, okay, I learned if I sort of, I felt more warmth and more affection from my mother if I sort of didn't put forward what, what I wanted or what I needed or what I was wanting. And I made my life be about like fulfilling her agenda. If mama wasn't happy, nobody was happy. And so I learned that, that when I said, you know, when I was a good boy, like good boy, Roy, when, when I was doing things my mommy wanted me to do and so forth, then I felt some reciprocal warmth. But if I was quote being selfish or had my own thoughts or needs or wants or whatever, then I, I felt more, uh, I saw more of those pursed lips. I felt more, I didn't get punished, but I felt more judgment. I didn't feel as close. So at an early age, I figured, okay, the way you get close to a woman is about making your life be about taking care of hers. Now, this wasn't conscious when I was four, five, six years old, but I became what I call Roy the Rescuer or, or Good Boy Roy. I, I, I started, I morphed into this, this person who had this underlying belief that the way you get attention and affection is by making your life be about taking care of theirs. Now, you fast forward 40 years, and now I'm in relationships when I'm 40, 45, 50 years old, and I'm immediately falling, getting into where I meet someone, and within weeks, I'm raising their children, I'm doing the laundry, I'm cleaning the house, I'm doing the shopping, I'm cutting the grass, I'm taking the kids to soccer appointments, and like I'm doing all this, 
not as a way to express love, but from a place of fear. If I'm not Roy the Rescuer, if I'm not the world's greatest boyfriend, then a woman would not want me. So I'm functioning in this rescuing sort of persona. That's what I discovered in my coaching is that I was functioning as Roy the Rescuer because I was complaining to my coach about this pattern that I was seeing, but I kept attracting women who had high-powered careers that were kicking ass and taking names and making great money and, you know, working 60 to 80 hours a week, but they were single mothers and they were just overwhelmed. They were just drowning in it all and they couldn't handle it all. And so I described them as like, my coach, like, why do I keep attracting these damsels in distress? <laughs> and she sort of giggled because Roy, if you're, if you see yourself as a rescuer, then the only type of women that would fit with you would be women who see themselves as damsels. I got in this pattern because I was a rescuer. I required the woman in my life to be a damsel. Rescuers have to have someone to rescue. Because I had met women who had their their blank together, okay? Um, mm -hmm. and we didn't have any chemistry. But it was the women that were so overwhelmed and stressed out. And, oh, my God, it's just so much. It's just so hard to do it all. Well, don't worry, baby. I'll come to the rescue. Right? And so I got in these dynamics where I was doing things I really didn't want to do. But I felt like I had to do it if I wanted to get laid. I mean, if I wanted to have a woman want to be with me and be in a relationship. And so that's my particular dynamic. But I all the time come across clients that say, why do I keep attracting narcissistic men or women? Or why do I keep attracting emotionally unavailable people? Or why do I keep attracting partners that they're like a broken down car on the side of the road? They look okay, but they need to be fixed up so they can run a little bit. And I kind of fix them up and I put them back together and then they leave me. So most people can point to a pattern that's showing up in their love lives. And it's all about this persona business because when you're in a persona, you attract your reciprocal, right? So I often say it's like two pieces of a puzzle, right? If you made a puzzle as a little girl, you know, you know that any particular puzzle piece doesn't fit with just any piece. It's got to find its match where they go together. And so your relationship persona that we all come out of childhood with is like our psycho, spiritual, emotional shape. We're shaped a certain way and it attracts, it's reciprocal. So I was in that rescuer thing and it attracts damsels. If a person's attracting narcissists, and when I say narcissist, I mean someone who feels like the world revolves around them. They're all self-absorbed. It's all about them. They end up attracting people who are uh, selfless to a fault. You see how they go together? It's like, the person who's overly self-absorbed needs a person who will feel like they take up less space in the room because two narcissists can never attract each other. They would beat the hell out of each other, right? No, it's about me. No, it's about me. No, it's about me, right? The narcissist needs to say, it's about me, and they, they need someone to say, yes, it is about you. I mean, let me just interpret that for a second because I think, Roy, what you're saying is that like you, you felt afraid that if you weren't being a caretaker, then they wouldn't love you. So the person who's involved in a relationship with a narcissist means that is thinking perhaps that if they're not just taking care of the other person, I mean, if they're not always 
having it be about the other person all the time and what's important to them and circling their lives around that person, if they don't do that, then they might be afraid that they will also be abandoned. Absolutely. That's exactly it. And they'll be able to point, if they have the awareness when they were little, that they learned that dynamic because they might have had a narcissistic kind of parent or an environment where I won't get love and attention unless I'm, you know, going along with what everybody else wants. You know, I don't, I, you know, I had to keep quiet about what I needed or what I wanted and just let other people dominate. And so they learn, well, that's how I, I survived in my childhood. And so it becomes, well, it becomes who you think you are. See, until I started to work on this, I just thought I was a really nice guy. <laughs> I didn't really realize that I was doing these things from fear and that I really didn't want to do them, but that I felt like if I didn't function as Roy the Rescuer, a woman would never want me. So the work is twofold, is first discovering what your persona is, and you do that by noticing what kind of pattern you get in, but then... I had to discover who's the authentic Roy. Like if I'm not Roy the Rescuer, well then who am I? Because I've been doing Roy the Rescuer since I've been three, four, five years old. So I had to do some work there. I remember asking my coach. Wait, wait, let me introduce introduce you for a second because you've got a lot to say there and I want to remind people that they're listening to Divorce Thugs. I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WBOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30 you're also possibly listening on the podcast. If you have any family law issues that you have questions about in New York, please feel free to give me a call, 914-862-7487. And Roy, since we've been talking so much, I want to give you an opportunity to give your contact information, information about your book before we run out of time. Well, yes. So my website is coachingwithroy.com. So very simple, just like it sounds, coachingwithroy.com. Everything I have to offer is there. There are links to my books on Amazon. And one of the things that they can find on the website, because what I stand for, basically, my message is that if you want to get in a healthy, sustainable relationship, it's not about finding the right partner. It's about being the right partner. And I phrase that as getting yourself in relationship shape, right? Getting yourself getting your relationship muscles strong. And so my, my newest book is called Relationship Boot Camp, right? So I'm using that little workout metaphor. It's hardcore mm-hmm. training for life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. And I talk about these seven relationship muscles, okay? So because I say that it's about getting in relationship shape, which means dealing with that relationship persona and letting go of your past, learning about what healthy communication really is, how to be emotionally intelligent in a relationship. These are some of the muscles that you need to work on. One of the things I have on my website is something called the Relationship Fitness Self-Assessment Test. There's actually a way for you to find out how relationally fit are you currently. It's like going to the gym. If you're going to hire a personal trainer, the first thing they're going to do is run you through a bunch of assessments to see where you are now. And then they can put a program together to get you where you want to go. So I do that with my clients. And so on my website is this, it's a 30 question true false quiz. Take you about three to five minutes to take. It's absolutely confidential and it will give you your results immediately. 
and you'll get an assessment as to, okay, what's my current fitness level? And I would just say, for most people, don't be surprised if you get the news that you need to get in better shape. Most people will discover that they don't score that high on this thing because if you scored high on it, you wouldn't be listening to this conversation. You would be in a healthy, sustainable relationship. So I, I just ask people to, to not get defensive if the test says, yeah, you got some work to do on yourself if you want to create something meaningful. So I just encourage people, go to my website, take that test, get my perspective on what your current fitness level is. And then if you feel so inclined, you call me up and I can put a program together to help you get in shape. And within four months, I think you can be a totally different person, right? And start creating relationships that really last and really work. So, Roy Biancana, do you think that if people are not doing so great in terms of their relationship shape, they need a new relationship or they can make the one they're in better without having to start over? Right. You don't have to start over, right? So this, this is a complicated question. And it really does depend on the person. Normally, if I'm talking to a person who's in a relationship, I'm like, well, not because you've got the wrong partner. So just making a switch, which is why you said you're exactly right, that the divorce rate on a second marriage is higher than the first. Because you can switch partners, but if you're not in relationship shape, you're just going to bring all of that into the new relationship. And there you go. You're going to end up in the same place. It'll be like relationship groundhog day. The same thing over and over again. So I don't necessarily say you should break up with someone because you can really work on yourself in the midst of it and perhaps change the entire dynamic. Okay. Now, if there's abuse issues, if there's other issues, that's a different story. We have to put these qualifiers here. The basic thing is what I'm basically saying is it's not them, it's you. <laughs> I don't mean that in a shaming way. It's just that you can switch partners, but if, if your past is still alive in you and you're not a very good communicator and you're operating from a relationship persona, well, you're just going to do that persona with a new partner and then you're just going to end up in the same place. So if you're in a relationship, you could stay there, just do the work on yourself. Maybe the two of you do it. If you're single, it's a great time to work on yourself, kind of reorganize your your way of relating, and then go back go back out there with a better chance to succeed. That sounds really great. And, you know, I know that your book describes seven relationship muscles, and you just talked about that a little bit. And we have about three minutes left. Do you think you could talk about one or two about those so that people have an idea as to the kind of thing you're talking about, Roy? Right, right. We should talk about your relationship to your past which is one of the, quote, muscles. Because you're a divorce attorney, and so the people that are listening to this, they have a path, and probably a painful one. And I often joke, the only people that don't have baggage from the past are the little babies in the maternity ward. Like, everybody else has got some bumps and bruises and wounds and scars. Some are much more dramatic than others. So, But it's important to do the work on letting go of the past because the place you, what most, what happens to most people is the past is not just merely something that happened. It's something that's happening. Right? They, they might have been hurt months ago, years ago, decades ago, but it's still alive in them and they're bringing it with them. 
so that when you get into a new relationship, it's like the menage a trois from hell, right? It's, it's me, it's you, and my past. And the three of us are in this relationship together. Okay? Well, isn't it four of so, you? Because then each person has their own. <laughs> absolutely, right. It's uh, what a menage a quad or whatever we call it. I don't know. Um, a quattro. You're exactly right. Right. So we need to do the work of what it means to let go of the past so that we can face a new person with a clean emotional slate. Because otherwise, you're going to project onto them. Or you're going to come to them in a guarded or suspicious way, or you're going to have trust issues, right? All these things are natural. There's nothing wrong with having trust issues. If you've been betrayed or cheated on or ghosted or gaslighted, yeah, you're going to be a little skittish. You're going to have some trust issues. If you don't deal with those, they're going to stand between you and this next person because the person you meet is going to be able to feel that you're scared or that there's some resistance or that you don't trust them from the beginning, right? You're, you're kind of, they haven't approved themselves to you in some way or that they've got a wall around their heart and you're expecting them to have a sledgehammer on a date and try to knock it down, right? So that it's too much for us to get into right here, but you have to do the work on, on letting go of your past so that there's space in your heart for someone new. And I have a whole way to do that, a whole process on how a person does that so that your past is something that happened, not something that's happening. And I just encourage people to, to find the courage to, to hire me, to work with anyone, someone, so that you just don't keep repeating the painful situation that you're in. That would be a disaster. All right. I think that's about all we have time with. Roy, the Ancalana, it's been really a pleasure. And I really encourage people to learn more about the relationship muscles and take the assessment because it really does make a difference to make some changes in yourself. And I think what you're pointing out is the power is in each person, in each of us, yes. to find the right relationship. If we for problems, we're going to find them. Thank you so much. Yes. You're welcome.